Welcome in Gene Barrett, former University of Tulsa offensive lineman and for the San Francisco 49ers. Good morning, Gene. How are you? I'm great, Rick. How are you doing? Thanks for having me. Oh, I'm, hey, I'm thrilled to have you on here. Uh, you know, you played for the Niners 73 to 80. Uh, so, you know, the San Francisco is a, you know, they've been around a long time. I mean, they're not the Bears, but they've been around a long time. And that is a pretty traditional franchise. Do you maintain the kind of contact that allows you to be really excited about another Super Bowl? Well, I'm definitely excited for San Francisco and everything that they're doing out there. I've had an opportunity actually the last several years to go out and watch a couple of games. Uh, I saw two games this year uh, out in Levi Stadium, the uh, Cowboy game, which was pretty amazing. Uh, And then I also saw the Cincinnati game where it was just a flip-flop. We got killed. Uh, And it's like, (laughs) what happened to the real team? Where did those guys go? Uh, but no, I'm excited for him. Uh, so this is this 49ers franchise, as I said, they've been around a long time. I mean, I go back to the John, you know, to the, uh, you know, the days. I mean, I watched when you played, you know, and I was a big, big fan of some of those guys from that time. When you go back to your days and you see what they are now and how they've kind of evolved and come along, how does that make you feel? Well, they've done a great job out there. Of course, when I was drafted in 1972. In the second round, you know, I go to San Francisco and John Brody's the quarterback, yeah. Steve Spurrier's the backup quarterback. Uh, uh, they've got guys like Gene Washington and Ted Qualick, and I'm going, wow, these guys are they're amazing. And we actually went to the first round of the playoffs my rookie year, and but then it was kind of all downhill while <laughs> I was there. I was. Definitely bored a few years too early. I should have uh, played the next 10 years when Bill Walsh came in. And, of course, that part is history. But Bill was an amazing coach, and they put together a great team there for about 10 or 15 years. Oh, there's no question about that. You know, I was going to ask about – you said you – know, I, I was – quarterbacks in that era to me, John Hadle in his time, John Brody – you know, LaMonica, Dawson, guys. I loved watching those guys play. What was John Brody like in person? John was just the proverbial prince of a guy. He was a a great gentleman. Uh, He was nice and tolerant to everybody. Uh, You know, my rookie year, they told me, I said, well, you're going to be an offensive tackle, but you're going to be a backup, so you got to learn how to play another position. We want you to learn how to play center. So I'd never been a center in my life, and all of a sudden I'm snapping the ball to John Brody, and I'm going, gosh, I just hope I don't break his hand or something. Uh, But he was always good. Uh, Steve Spurrier was was great to be around, the gentleman. uh, So they were impressive individuals. Different time, too, you know, because when I think about that area, you think about Sonny Jurgensen in Washington, uh, Joe Cap in Minnesota. A lot of those guys didn't look as much. I mean, if you look at today's athletes at quarterback, they didn't look like Omar Jackson. They didn't look like Patrick Mahomes. They didn't look like those guys, did they? No, they they did not at all. I mean, Steve Spurrier was a pretty good athlete, but uh, John, I don't know that he'd ever walked in a weight room for sure and <laughs> – and, you know, that was right the last couple of years of that era when half the guys on the team smoked, and I'm talking about in the <laughs> locker room and on the airplane. And I I was so naive. I walked in and said, are you guys crazy? This is a pretty competitive game. You need every edge you can get. But 
you know, my favorite John Brody story, we were in training camp at, in Santa Barbara and we were getting down to the last week of training camp and he hadn't been fine. He hadn't been caught for breaking curfew. So he just went out all night and came back in just so he could say he did it. <laughs> <laughs> I can see guys from that era doing that a lot more. Was it um... – I mean, the attitude now in the NFL, and you know this, because when you were up here with David and Steve, you guys talked about players had to have jobs when they came home in the summer, and that's not the case now. Yeah. So they're working out 24 hours a day. Was it, I mean, I, I know it was certainly more relaxed back then, but was it, uh, I don't know, was it almost like uh, you were still playing in college? You just happened to be getting paid? Oh, actually, it was more difficult because you, you know, I was a second round draft choice, and, and, I made $21,000 my rookie year. I mean, you know, you, you came home, you had to get a job, but it was competitive, and so you had to work out. So, you know, I was over at the gym by 6 o'clock in the morning and working out for several hours and then uh, was fortunate enough to have a, a job where I went and uh, got a little experience in the construction industry, and and then you come home and deal with your family and then get up and do it all over again. So. It was, you know, it was fairly stressful for those that made it. Let's put it that way. There were guys that, you know, they would go to go out for the season. They do the best they can, and then they come home during the off season and wouldn't do anything for about three months, and then they try to get back in shape. and And those guys invariably didn't play very long. I can see that being the case. We're talking to Gene Barrett, former San Francisco 49er, also a former University of Tulsa offensive lineman here on the Blitz 1170. Rick Corey along with Bryce Hulse. Gene, was there a moment uh, when your career first started with the 49ers that was kind of your welcome to the NFL moment? Was, was there a time that you can remember <laughs> when you were like, okay, I've officially made it, you know, this is the big time? Well, there, that's kind of a, that's a funny question because, being an offensive lineman, when you show up the the first day, I was fortunate enough to play in the college all-star game. So I came to camp, uh, I don't know, about 10 days late. But uh, I think the first thing that happened to me on the first day of training camp, one of the defensive linemen were running a uh, punt, punt, punt return drill. And one of the, one of the defensive linemen picked me up off the ground and threw me down <laughs> picked me up and threw me down on the ground and that was kind of like welcome to the 49ers uh but i don't know that you you ever really felt like you know you you'd made it because it's so competitive i mean in my mind i felt like if you were really good you're subject to be traded and if you're really bad you were going to get cut so if you're kind of in the middle there and you're just making progress every day maybe maybe they were going to keep you around but every year during training camp when <clears throat> when that guy would go around knocking on doors said uh, the coach wants to see you and bring your playbook uh you know that that meant you were gone and mm. you kind of lived in that fear all the time yeah i i was going to ask what that you know because i've read a lot of older i mean i, I won't say older gene because i'm not going to put you in that category but i've read a lot of books about the <laughs> i'm NFL. really old <laughs> I've read books about about players in that category, especially I go back to reading, um, um, oh, gosh, you know, about the Packers, you know, and some of the stuff that that, that they wrote. And you would hear about the, quote, unquote, the Turk. It would come around, knock on the door, and that's what you would do. Take me inside that room like that first year. 
you're sitting there, and I know most most teams back then went and you know worked out like college teams. That you went to a dormitory, if you will, and you had a roommate and the whole thing. And you know they're walking up and down the floor that night. What do you remember about that? Well, they they usually did it early in the morning, not necessarily at, at night, and. You knew as the cuts came and as the team got smaller and smaller that more guys were were leaving. And so, you you know, you most guys, you, you really didn't know what was going on until you showed up in the locker room and the guy that was next to you practices and everything, all of a sudden his gear's all gone and the locker's empty. And you, generally speaking, never saw that guy again. Uh, we had some guys that would get so petrified that they they'd get to their locker about 2 hours early just so that as if they could protect their equipment and they wouldn't take it but that didn't work very well they they took it so everybody was on pins and needles you, because you never really knew whether you were going to get cut whether you were going to get traded it was it was just an apprehensive time. Yeah, I can imagine. So, you you mentioned you know being in a team that was good enough to go to the playoffs. What is the difference? And I know it's it's probably a little different now, but at that point, what was it like? The difference between the ramp up for a regular season game and a playoff game. Well, the preparation was pretty much the same. Uh, unfortunately, for the Forty ers when I got there, <clears throat> they had a lot of mature players. They were kind of trending down. Uh, we actually had been very competitive previous uh, several years. There was a big rivalry with the Cowboys, and we had a playoff game my rookie year with Dallas. And and actually, John Brody drove us down, and we scored, went ahead with about a minute and a half to go. And then uh, Mr. Staubach got in the game, and he went down and scored only about 20 seconds left to go. So they ended up winning the game. But the preparation is pretty much the same week in and week out. Uh, you just go through the rhythm and, and you know the game plan and all that, and you just you just get ready to play. It was uh, the most difficult team thing for a team like San Francisco that's trending down. You've got older players. You've got to bring some younger players in and. You know, I was the second-round draft choice, but the first-round draft choice was a guy named Terry Beasley, which you may have seen. He just passed away yesterday. It was a very sad situation. And Terry, uh, he he his doctors suggested that he may have as may have had as many as 50 concussions uh, during his career. I know that his health has been really bad the last 25 years. Uh, and then prior to him passing away was the quarterback that he played with at Auburn, Pat Sullivan, who mm-hmm. also, after he, they did uh, an exam on his brain after he passed away from cancer, and he had, I think they said stage three CTE. So it was, it was a difficult situation. Yeah, it was a tough time. There's no doubt about that. Pat Sullivan, of course, won a Heisman Trophy the same year that every Oklahoma fan believes Jack Mildren should have won it. And had they waited past the bowl game, <clears throat> Jack Mildren might have won the Heisman Trophy sure. that year. A couple more moments here with this man, Gene Barrett, former San Francisco 49er, former University of Tulsa player as well. So you mentioned you get a chance to get out and see a few games. Um, 
How tied to this game will you be? It's your team. It was your team. You're going to be pins and needles, or are you to the point now it's like, you know what, I hope for a good football game, we'll see what happens? Well, when I when I retired, you know, you'd spent so many years just living and breathing football, I, I kind of uh, stepped away from the game and didn't pay much attention for about 10 years. And then the last 10 years, I've gotten uh, much more interested in it, enjoy watching the games, uh, uh my brother lived in the Bay Area for a while and had season tickets to at Levi Stadium, and so we would go out with him and and see a couple of games. And so you get more involved, and and I'm I'm excited for them. They've got a good organization. The Shanahan's, you know, it's hard to be too critical of him because of what he's done the last several years, uh, getting to the playoffs and to the Super Bowl and everything. Uh, sometimes I think he's too. Con- conservative but no i'm i'm excited for them and and uh hope they do really well they're gonna have have a really tough game with with kansas city i don't know how you (laughs) Mahomes just is amazing oh yeah there's no question about that Uh, before you go a couple of kind of superlatives or things that could be in today's you know we talked when you were here with the other guys how different offensive line blocking is today how much better would you have been, and I knew you were a really good player anyway, how much better would you have been if you could have blocked the way they do today, Gene? <laughs> I think I would have been a lot better because <laughs> we, we had such a disadvantage because mm-hmm. we were taught to block with our, basically with our face, and you weren't really taught to hold over. You did a little bit of that, but you tried to do it on the inside, these guys today, they, the first thing they do is grab them around, you know, almost bear hug the defensive lineman. Well, the first couple of steps that defensive lineman makes kind of tells the tale whether you're going to stay in front of him or whether he's going to get around you. And if, if you can stop that, then you've got a heck of a chance to, to control the defensive lineman. And, and you see it all the time. Uh, it's almost like sumo wrestling nowadays. Uh, so. <laughs> I, I would have loved to have that opportunity. Yeah, I would imagine occasionally get a little jealous. And when you watch today's defensive players, you know, and when you played, there wasn't a, a certain, I think, any called a ru- you know, an edge. Yeah, they had defensive ends, you know, and guys like Alan Page, and you know, you could you can go on and on and on. Defensive linemen like, and that was inside, you know, someone like Merlin Olson inside, Bob Lilly inside, but you know, a, a Larry Cole on the outside. Great players. But when you look at today's players on that edge. Who would you like to have a shot at in your prime, and who would you go, nope, I'm out. I don't want to even play against that guy. Well, you're talking about playing against the guys today? Yeah, if you were uh, yeah, in your prime, if you could uh, take yourself back to your prime. I don't want to play against any of those guys. <laughs> 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 there, there are some really good players. I mean, I I had an opportunity uh, I to train, you know, with San Francisco, I played against Cedric Hardman every day. I mean, here's Cedric, 6'3", 245, runs a 4'5", and I think he could bench press about 400 pounds. I mean, so it was it was great personal training for me, you know, but then the, the league has just changed so much because guys got so big, and I don't know that they were focused as much on speed, but now I think it's gone back. It's going back the other way where yeah. you see these edge rushers coming in. But I mean, when you look at some of these guys like, uh, uh, Watt, TJ Watt and, and these other edge rushers, uh, 
they're really good. I mean, they they come off their hard. They've got great technique. They're they're strong. Uh, so it it would be challenging, and it is. I mean, the, that uh, player was it last week for for uh, Kansas City that's been mm-hmm. the most penalized offensive lineman in the league. <laughs> not a not an award you're really looking for, but uh it's it's difficult. And if you don't keep your feet moving and get in front of the guy, then you're gonna you're not gonna do well. Yeah, I know that. But I know you were also pretty light on your feet too, so <clears throat> always taller and thinner than some of today's guys and that I know that absolutely helped you. Well Gene, you're a, it's a treasure to have you in Tulsa. You, I'm blessed to call you a friend and, and you're a great ambassador for the NFL. I know you had players association dealings for a long time and for the University yep. of Tulsa as well. Yep. Uh, still active with the players association, with the Fellowship of Christian Athletes and so yeah, I I really love Tulsa, love being here, love the people here, and and I'm just really appreciative of people like you and what you do. Well, I, yeah, I'm. Uh, I, that's very nice of you to say. But I really enjoy having you on. I, I appreciate that. Enjoy the game. Don't be too nervous. Uh, just you uh, know, and try to watch and just have yourself a good time. We actually we got to get uh, you with our program director Jeremy Poplin. He's the biggest Niners fan I've ever known. You might have to block him a few times during that pregame. Well, I can promise you, I'm going to be a nervous wreck. I don't. I've gotten more involved the last couple of years, and it's it's hard work being a fan. <laughs> it certainly is. Gene, thank you for your time. Have a good Friday, my friend. All right, you too. Thanks, Rick. You Appreciate bet. it. You bet. Gene Barrett.